0: The Bears Nation podcast, powered by OnTap Sports Network. It comes down to the fundamentals, and it'll be about playmaking. we got to make the plays on the stretch, and the NFL is always going to be that. got to play to the last, to the last second. That's Hopkins, the lead, and Cleveland's on top. I would just say, again, I'm not, I don't, I don't, can't speak for Mooney, but uh, I would just say our guys were wired in, they were focused, you know, we were going for the win, and uh, it's unfortunate we didn't get it. That's it, man. Game over, man. Game over. Now, what the fuck are we supposed to do? It's the Bears Nation Podcast. I know this team, I know the character of everybody in the locker
1: room, and we're going to be down about it for the next 24 hours, but everybody's going to be back on Wednesday working hard. No, I'm driving to get better. Here's your hosts,
0: Kevin Lapka. Looking good, you handsome motherfucker. And Jake Hassan. That's the best in the city of Chicago. It's Bears Nation, baby. Let's go. All right. Welcome back. <laughs> it's Monday, December 18th. Bears Nation podcast. Uh, myself, Jake Hassan, joined as always by Kevin Lapka. And it's over. Uh, it's dead. It was a fun week. It was fun for like a week. I told you you gotta cherish it. Yeah, uh,
1: you had to cherish it. We got seven days. How much could you really ask for? Seven days is enough for me. Is that's it? Is it? I mean, the way this fan ba- the way the, this team has played the past couple of years, yeah, I'll take seven days.
0: Yeah. Uh, so the uh, if you've been uh, under a rock for the last twenty four hours or so. Uh, the Bears lost 20-17 uh, to 17 to the Browns, uh, just completely blow it, uh, multiple drop touchdowns, multiple drops in general, uh, some really boneheaded coaching uh, from the head coach and the offensive coordinator. And uh, it's, we're back to rooting for losses, so that's really fun. Uh, we're back to uh, tank mode. Because you are not going to make the playoffs. You're mathematically still in it, but let's all be honest, uh, you ain't getting to the playoffs. (laughs) And you are now confirmed to have a losing record this year. Woohoo! Super
1: fun. And uh, yeah, it's you know. See, this is my problem with the NFL. We 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 could have just been eight and eight again. They had to add this extra game. We were eight and eight for all those years. Why do we have to be a losing team? This is I, I I'm gonna take this up with Roger because they had to add this extra game, which has to make <laughs> us have a losing season this year.
0: If anything, it's better. Yeah, I, it I prefer like <laughs> a, a losing season will at least hopefully maybe push towards change more. It's just. Uh, I don't know what you do because now you know you're what just you do. in this middle ground. Everybody wants, because here's the thing. If you'd made the playoffs, if you'd ran the table, you are most likely keeping Justin Fields. You're most likely keeping the head coach for sure. Uh, maybe some changes at offense coordinator, even though you've already made changes at defense coordinator and other assistant positions, uh, because of off field issues, and now it's like we're back to this weird well, You got to evaluate everyone separately, and the this, and that, and the other. And we talked about last week how the evaluation of Justin Fields in this game was going to go. Stat line looks bad. I'm not gonna lie, it's twenty for forty, less than two hundred yards, basically twenty for forty. It was nineteen for forty, but. Less than 50% on his passes. Not all of that is his fault, obviously, which I know you're going to say, Kevin. And I know what you're going to point to as well. Obviously, two drop touchdowns. uh, One by Robert Tunyon, which was just immediately jail. Uh, That was... Brutal would have been a 70 yard touchdown that he would have just walked in on, drops it, uh, perfect pass by Justin Fields. And then the Hail Mary at the end, uh, which went to be an interception, really shouldn't count. I mean, Darnell Mooney needs to catch that ball. It's it's in his arms. He's sitting on the ground in his arms. And after the game, he said, Well, if I was not falling, I would have. You're an NFL wide receiver, you had a bad season, you're probably not going to be on the team next year. Good luck. Um, But it, it was a bad day overall on the offensive line. As soon as Tevin Jenkins went out, you knew what was going to happen because we've seen this story before. Tevin Jenkins is the glue of that offensive line, and when he's not there, it's bad. It's very bad. And when he is in there, he can at least sort of mask the shortcomings of some of the other players on that offensive line. But when he's out, it all crumbles, and you saw that immediately. Justin Fields had no time. Justin Fields couldn't get a clean pocket. It was and He was under pressure. He was under attack all day long had basically no time to throw Uh, had, I think it was 20 pressures on the day, which is an insane number. And Miles Garrett was in his face all day long. Um, But there are people who are going to look at that. And without the context of the game, say that Justin Fields shouldn't be the quarterback next year and that you need to ship him off. And there are going to be people, some of them are in this room that are going to say, well, he should still be the quarterback next year regardless. And, I don't know. I don't know what you do. It feels like now you're just in this weird middle ground. You're going to be rooting for losses. You can find, find yourself in the draft with your pick anywhere from 5th to 10th. I still think you win the next two games because Atlanta and Arizona are just absolutely brutal. And every day Green Bay looks worse too. So maybe you went out still and you end up with like the 12th or 13th pick. But then again, you're just in this weird middle ground because it's, you have, you likely have the number one overall pick from the Panthers, assuming they don't win any more games and you're going to have a decision. I'm still team. I think, draft Marvin Harrison Jr. Yep. and just keep building around Justin Fields. But it's just... I, I I said last week that the Cleveland game was a huge test for Justin Fields. He didn't fail it to me because he didn't get help from his teammates, specifically the receivers. But also, it wasn't a great game. And I know weather played a factor. It wasn't great. It was a disgusting game. But it it wasn't as good as I thought it could be. I texted you, Kevin, after the Colcomat touchdown. I'm in. I still think I am just because of And, I mean, even the Tunyon should be touchdown. was perfect. Escapes the pocket. There was a perfect pass, and Tunyon just happens to drop it in a brutal fashion. So it's stuff like that, but also had a chance to win the game at the end. Didn't. Some of that's play calling. Why are we calling jet sweeps on third yeah. and middle to try and get a first down that immediately gets blown up? I don't know. I mean, the play calling was brutal, and the lack of help around Justin Fields yesterday was brutal. But I just don't, it just feels like you're in purgatory again. It just feels like you're in a weird middle ground where you could go either way. I would hear arguments for keeping Justin Fields, I would hear arguments for. Drafting a quarterback. I don't know. It's very, very stupid. I have no idea what Ryan Poles is going to do. You, I was reading this morning, John Greenberg, the Athletic, said, yeah, presuming Ryan Poles still has his job. Or come draft time, I think he will, but the fact that those conversations are... John Greenberg knows things. He's covered the Bears for a long time. So the fact that he's saying that makes me think that it's not off the table that Ryan Poles gets fired. And if that happens, I think that a complete reset does happen because obviously then the coaching staff gets fired. And then what GM coach is coming in... Saying, all right, we're going to start a whole new regime. We have the number one overall pick, and they're going to sign up with Justin Fields. I don't know. I still think that there's enough positive things. The defense was awesome yesterday. Obviously, Mm -hmm. they played great. You know, four plus sacks, three interceptions, one pick six, should have been two pick sixes. And The offense just fails you again. There's enough there. D.J. Moore is obviously awesome. D.J. Moore after the game saying that, oh, I don't think Caleb Williams and Drake May are better than Justin Fields. Might be true, might not. That might just be D.J. Moore with four weeks left in the season going to bat for his guy still because they do have a good relationship. And, you know, you would say that about your friends too. I don't know. But it's just you're in this weird middle area, and you could go either way,
1: and I don't know which one is correct. I mean – I know which one's correct. Sure. And I think it's obvious. I really do. And and when it comes to Ryan Poles, if you want to start there, I don't know how you watch yesterday's game and not think that the answer to your question and the understanding is that, and the recognition is that this team has the talent to be a playoff team. Right? That is established. This team has the pieces from a talent aspect of the players on the field to be a playoff team. This is a team that should be 8-6, and six, right, if the coaching was a little bit better. This is a team that is in games with good teams, right? Say what you want about the Browns. The Bears, I thought, were the better team going into the game, um, and they didn't pull it out, and the sole reason for that is coaching. Stephen, Kevin Stefanski is Coach of the Year candidate. He probably should be top three in voting for that award, and he's coaching against a guy who's probably going to get fired at the end of the year. I don't know how you look at this team after this game and after the first initial stages of the year, right? We kind of put it to the side because we had thought, Jake, we had thought that Matty Rufloos learned. We said, hey, you Mm -hmm. know what? They lost some really tough games. Maybe we'll give him some grace. It's year two of him being a head coach. Maybe the Montez Sweat thing was a really real difference for them. And obviously that is, but we had the ability to walk into this and say, show us that you've learned. Prove it to us that you've learned and you've made a difference, right? And instead of learning, instead of winning the game and showing that you overcame some of the things that you struggled with as a coaching staff earlier in the year and early in your career, you ended up doing the same old thing. And there's a quote from Maya Angelou that is a perfect example. Was not expecting, this, yeah, yeah. But bringing okay. Maya Angelou into a Bears podcast this this is where we're at. When someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. They've shown us who they are. And yeah. I guess I was wrong for believing that they could change you know, the issues that they had as a coaching staff and win games like this. I guess I was wrong for believing that because they've showed us over and over and over again what they do in the biggest moments, what they do on the road against good teams, what they do with the season and playoff hopes on the line. They show you what they do as a coaching staff, and you have to believe them, and that's it's over for Andy Bealus. It's done. You, you. Again, we gave you the opportunity. There was, there was potential for you to remain the head coach of Chicago Bears if you won this game and if you won out and if you showed that you could make changes. They didn't. They did the same old thing. They turtled. They folded with a ten point lead in the fourth quarter. They've now lost three games that seem statistically impossible to lose. I mean, if you were well, clearly actually not statistically sati- impossible. Well, if you were to calculate, if you do do the math right i believe they had like a 99.8% chance to beat the broncos i believe they were up in like a 93 94% chance to beat the lions and i think they were up in like the 80s high 80s in this game if you were to do the math and the probability if you rolled over of losing all three of those games mathematically is like probably impossible like close to impossible to lose all three of those games and it just it just can't happen so he's done obviously i mean there's no debate on that right i think most of the debate is about the quarterback there's no really debate about the head coach um, but i don't know no, de- I don't know. Stop it! He, he you can't. The, you can't. The players
0: continue to go to bet for him. Uh, no, the they way- don't.
1: Did you hear what they said? Did you hear, Did you read Brad Big's article this morning? I did not. So. Brad Bixarga was, you know, in the locker room, his 10 things on Monday morning. He was talking about, you know, the players and Justin Jones being like, yeah, we kind of ju- just do what's asked of us. And like, you know, they were kind of going after Matt Eberflus about the play call at 3rd and 15 mm. where Justin Jones is dropping was back on yep. David Njoku. And, and why are you not just playing cover two on 3rd and 15? Why are you blitzing, right? You kind of saw a shift there this week where you're right. Typically, the players kind of go to bat for Matt Eberflus. But the shift now was like... They know he put him in a bad position. They know that play call was bad. And and like don't even talk about the talk about the offense earlier in the year. I mean we know Justin Fields literally called out the coaching staff. I think the players obviously are out on him, especially after this week. And know after the plays and after the game that they played for a majority of the game that they as a unit have the ability and talent as players to be a playoff team. And they are consistently being put in positions to be let down, and that's frustrating for those guys.
0: Yeah, I mean, especially guys like Justin Jones, who are in contract years and are looking to parlay their season this year, success or lack thereof, into a next contract. Uh, And, you know, it's just, I still don't like, I still think, like, because Matty Refluce was brought in to be a defensive guy, remake the defense, he's done that. And sure, you could give most of that credit to Montez Sweat. Yes. But I I mean, a lot, like, you still have the players. So I get, it's also like, in your argument of getting rid of your Flus, because, all right, yeah, the offense needs to change. Clearly, this guy, and this goes back to Alan Williams being dismissed, your running back coach being dismissed earlier in the year as well, and now Luke Getze, who needs to be fired into the middle of the ocean, never to be seen again. Like, can he even, do you even trust him to put together a staff again? Do you, you, don't. Do you even trust him? So, to your point, I, I agree. I do think that there is a chance, I and that's part of what I was going back to. I can't say definitively either way, What I think the Bears will do, whether they'll keep him or let him go, because it feels like it could legitimately go either way. Maybe over the next three weeks, it does tilt more towards, okay, yeah, this guy's getting fired. But as of right now, I mean, on December 18th, it just feels like you're in this middle ground hell where it's like it could go either way because also you have to remember it's the bears they don't like change they don't do things like this a lot they a lot of times stick with the status quo look what we've seen since lovey smith left everybody gets that one final chance yeah except really john fox but he was always only a band-aid anyway it felt like right so and people like that, but yeah. matt nagy continued to get every single opportunity every single quarterback that's ever been here has gotten every single opportunity more than they should have and now i fear that that's happening again with Matt refluce and possibly even ryan poles so it's like I don't know. Maybe Ryan Poles, at the end of the year, goes into Kevin Warren's office, and we've talked about this on this show before, says, hey, I didn't really get to do my own head coach search. I was presented with three options, and I didn't get to do a quarterback search. I was and I inherited this guy. I didn't even get to do any kind of a search. So maybe Ryan Poles has the stones and feels the heat on his own job security to go into Kevin Warren's office and say, maybe maybe the quarterback, maybe the coach, maybe both. Maybe he does do that and say these guys got to go and I got to be able to have my hands on this and pick these guys myself. Maybe he does that, but maybe not because it's the Bears and maybe George, maybe that orange bat
1: phone rings and Ryan pulls his office and says, run it back, make it work. I mean, I I just, I think if you're Ryan Poles, you're pissed because again, you can, you can go, you can, you have so much concrete evidence to walk into that office with George McCaskey at the end of the year and say, dude. I mean, I people were criticizing me for the Montez Sweat pick. I trade him a second rounder. You know. Return on investment by a thousand. I mean, this dude has changed the team. Uh, my two draft picks early last year, Jaquan Brisker's playing at a Pro Bowl level. Kyler Gordon's been a stud. Tyreek Stevenson, you know, growing every week. I know he had a uh he got beat by Mark Cooper in the game, but that interception is a play that only a handful of cornerbacks can make. We'll talk about that in a bit, right? And then you talk about DJ Moore and the trade with Carolina, the opportunity to get the first overall pick again. He has so much leverage to say, man, again, we put together here a roster that is capable of winning eight, nine games. And they still might end up winning eight games. But guess what? The head coach and the coaching staff let us down. That is all that needs to be said. And it's clear, and it should be clear to anyone with a brain in that front office for the Bears that that is the case. So, again, I think I just I, – we can move on, but I, I think it's done. I think, I think there's a 0% chance. You had your prove-it moment. You lost your prove-it moment. The Bears with Matt Nagy – Sure, you could say that they they shouldn't have given that third year. In hindsight, obviously, but the argument was there to be made because the second year wasn't that bad. They made the playoffs, right? Like sure. they are. Or, sorry, they made the playoffs the third year. I'm 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 I'm, I'm mistaken on that. Oh, which year that? Because it was 2020. They made the playoffs the third year with Matt Nagy, right? So it was like. You had reasons to believe after a winning season for Matt, and, like he had sure. a win, he had a playoff season with a team that people thought could go to the Super Bowl. There was reasons to fall, there was things to fall back on for Matt Nagy. What is there to fall back on for Matt Eberflus? An eight and twenty three record, a team that consistently lets you down, impossible losses. There is nothing to fall back on uh, except for the defense, but it goes, it, it has to be a lot more when you're the head coach of a team. Um, I, again, they show you who you are. They show you who they are, you believe them. And that's who they are. It's not changing. This is who they are. You had your opportunity to change, and you didn't. They show you who you are, and that's it. You, you, you have no reason to believe that they can change as a coaching staff if you give them another chance. That, that's what it comes down to. And to that point, like,
0: Matty Rufus has shown us before in the most critical moments, he can't make it happen. He just can't, like And he showed us that again yesterday. With his play calling, with dropping Justin Joe, And after the game, he's saying, oh, yeah, that was the wrong call. Yeah, we, we got no that shit. part. No no kidding, man. But also, like, even in the field, the, the not going for the field goal at halftime, I get. I don't because, have a problem with that. I don't either. I mean, obviously, in hindsight, the way the game ended, you say, like, oh, yeah, well. But also, like, the conditions are the conditions. If Cairo Santos, if he's out of range, he's out of range. Like you, he doesn't we, have a leg. You, you, right? He does. If he doesn't have the leg, oh well. It's not your fault that you don't have. What's his face in Texas? Who was Brandon, Brandon Aubrey? Was, yeah, my like, God, who can hit from like seventy? Apparently, like you don't have that guy. It, it, Cairo Santos has been reliable. He's been good for you for a long time. Like he doesn't have the range. What do you want it to be, Carolina? Like Frank Reich and N. Pierre out there when it's ten yards out of his range and he blatantly misses the kick and he's just shrugging at you off the field like I don't know what you wanted yeah Justin Fields had the arm to go for the Hail Mary that's what you do I so that I don't I don't hate it's just the the third and 15 is mostly like in the most critical moments especially to end games Matt Eberflus has not been able to make the correct call saw it in the Denver game saw it in the Lions loss now you've seen it in this game and I'm sure there's more examples of this but he doesn't have the right play calls. He doesn't have, you know, what you want. He the I mean, guess like the word of the list, like the killer instinct. He doesn't have, you know, the ace in the hole, so to speak. Yep. It's third and 15. What like I get what you mean by why are you blitzing? I don't hate it because Jaquan Brisker almost got there. So like if that pays off, like if Jaquan Brisker gets there, then we're celebrating that call. But yeah. having Justin Field Justin Fields, Justin Jones in coverage, that's the biggest issue. Like what he, the fact that he immediately after the game was like, yeah, that I shouldn't have done that. Well, that would it doesn't help you now after the game. It's after fact You lost. It's over. So, I get your point to that. Like he's shown you like and that's a critical part of NFL coaching. So if he can't do it, then you need to find somebody who can. And Luke Getze clearly is not it. I mean, the amount of jet sweeps, the amount that DeVos Jones Jr was in that game, the amount of targets Darnell Mooney's washed. I hate to oh, say. I it.
1: was wrong, man. I was so wrong I, about
0: him. I I hate to say it. <sighs> Darnell Mooney is washed. And people are out here saying, "Why is Tyler Scott getting getting targets now? Why is his you know uh, snap share going up?" Because Darnell Mooney's washed. You know what he is. He's bad. Tyler Scott might be good. No, he's not.
1: He might be better than Darnell Mooney. Okay, okay
0: sure. he's so let's put it this way. He's an unknown quantity. You know what Darnell Mooney is. Tyler Scott might be something. He showed you that on the at, on his catch at the end of the game.
1: On his he catch might, at the end of the game, he dropped one before that. That could have put you in. Yeah, but 50. he also
0: had to go. It wasn't the It's not like it hit him right in the chest. It wasn't the easiest catch. The should he have caught it? Yes. yes. But also, he's a fourth round rookie. I don't care. So make the but, play. But Kevin, I know what you're saying, Kevin. I know. The what you're Point saying. being, he's an unknown quantity. You should at least figure out what you have in him because you know Darnell Mooney's not going to be on this team next year. He's not. Tyler yeah. Scott is because he's a rookie. It'll be his second year. He can only at least go up. Yeah. You know, and to Scott's point in the chat, you used him in the wrong situations. Like, third down swing. What are we doing here? Like, it's just, at least to my point, the play that Scott did make at the end of the game, Darnell Mooney's not making that.
1: Showed you that on the Hail Mary.
0: (laughs) So, at least Scott has some upside that Darnell Mooney does not. And so, why are we continually going to Darnell Mooney time after time after time throughout this game? I know you don't have a lot of options, especially after Robert Tunyon dropped an easy touchdown, but... You gotta try something else. And Luke Getze, this is my biggest complaint about him over the last however many years. He doesn't adjust, he doesn't change anything. Why are we continuing to try these jet sweeps? Why are we attempting to keep trying these endo? Like, it's not working. So, why on the seventh time it's gonna work after it didn't work the previous six? It just doesn't make sense.
1: And if the Bears want to complain, if the if Ryan Poles and Matt Bus want to sit in their offense and complain about, oh, this, this decision about Justin Fields is so hard. I don't know. I don't know what to do with the first overall pick. That's your fault. You want to why? Because you had the chance to find out in this game. You could have put the ball in his hands in the final fight in the final two drives and said, you know what, Justin, we we need to know. And yeah. you know how we're gonna know is we're gonna give you three good play calls with you throwing the football, right. and you're gonna show us if you can make the fucking plays. You know what they did draw inside yep. draw screen I, you're not you're not finding anything out it just, it just, it just you're making the job harder for yourself as evaluators of the position you, i don't under, like whether you think no matter what you think about Justin Fields if you think he should stay if you think he should go he is the most explosive player on the offense he's sure. the most one of the most talented players you know uh, uh, on the offense with the ability to make game-breaking plays at any given moment I don't care what you think about him. Even if you're the front, even if say Ryan Poles and them are on him, same E Flus is out on him, like whatever it may be in that moment, you put the ball in the best player's hands. You put the ball in the best player's hands and you let them go to work. Yeah. You know what happens when you let Justin Fields go to work in and, and the 10-yard line when Miles Garrett's coming after him? You let him go to work. He rolls out. He sheds one of the best, you know, the defensive player of the year, rolls out, throws a strike to Cole Komet. You let him go to work. You let him make the magical play. This is a guy who's been protecting the football really well the last three weeks. He should have had zero interceptions this week. He had zero the last three weeks, right? You let him go to work, and instead, they let Khalil Herbert go to work. Yeah, They let Tyler Scott and a screen go to work. Mm-hmm. They let Deonta Foreman go to work. <laughs> what are you doing? Put the ball— In the best player's hands. It's really not that hard. But they're just making it hard on themselves. They didn't. Give him the chance to prove that he can do it in those moments, and they never do. In all of those losses, we talk about turtling; those things happen because Justin Fields gets you into the positions where you have the lead. He gets you to those positions, and maybe not necessarily this game because they had the pick six. Like it was, it was a yeah. full team effort to get them to the lead in this game. But he gets you there, and then they take it away from. Him. They say, "Thanks, Justin. Th- thanks for getting us the lead. You know, we're going to let some other guys do it now. We're going to let Khalil Herbert try to extend the lead for us. Why?" It makes absolutely no sense. So they make the decision harder for themselves by not putting the ball in his hands at the end of the game, giving him, one of your best playmakers, the opportunity to make a play. And when you think about the times where, like, they do give him the opportunities down the stretch, like even going back to last year, the Commanders game, he runs for 40 yards to get you down to the five yard line, the chance to win it on Thursday night football, and then, you know, Darnamone drops the ball in the end zone, right? There's been instances. The Vikings game, you give him a chance, he throws a strike to to DJ Moore down the field, Put you in uh, field goal position uh to win the game. They just they they don't give him a lot of opportunities, it feels like down the stretch. And and that's not always true. Obviously, Justin Fields, especially early in his career, made a, has made a lot of mistakes in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter where they have get, given him a chance, right? He's thrown interceptions, he's fumbled. Um the play calls haven't been great in those situations, the protection has been great, but it's not like he's completely absolved of the mistakes that he's made in the fourth quarter in his career, but it felt especially in this game that they took the ball mm-hmm. out of his hands and again, that's where you know, I would love—and the head coach is the head coach for a reason. Luke Getze deserves the blame, but all this goes through Matt Eberflus. True. He he knows—it's not like he's just sitting there like—he doesn't know what play is going to be called. He knows right. that it's going to be an inside draw. He has the ability to say, you know what, no, Luke, let's be aggressive. Right? I'm the head coach. Luke, let's be aggressive. I, You you, you sit under me in the totem pole. I'm going to make the change. I'm going to make a decision and say, hey, you know what? Instead of this, maybe let's do something else. Let's put the ball in Fields' hands. And so as much as does obviously deserves the blame for calling the play, Iberflus deserves the blame for allowing that play to go through and allowing that offensive strategy at the end of the game to be the offensive strategy. So... Oh, it's just—it's—it's it's, it's pain. It's heartbreak. It makes no sense. But and and the other thing is this, Jake. I just—I don't know how you watch that game and just think that things would have been different with Caleb Williams in there in that particular game, right? And I think there was more recognition for me that you just need more skilled players, especially with the regression. Uh, and and people are going to sound like that's excuse making for Justin Fields. It's really not. You you had a dropped seventy yard touchdown. Yep. You had a dropped hail mary, and yes, it's a hail mary. Not uh, right. You, you shouldn't even be in the situation. Chance. You had a chance. Marvin Harrison Jr. catches that. You know, I, I, I like sure. Marvin Harrison Jr. catches a seventy-yard touchdown. Like there, when DJ Moore went out, like shaking up. You know, going to the sidelines, you could tell he wasn't healthy for a majority of that game. You had nobody to go to. This team needs more skill players and. If you are to take Caleb Williams, you lose out on getting a potentially generational wide receiver and one of the best wide receiver prospects to ever come out of the draft. You know, you lose out on the ability to maybe trade down and get more assets that allow you to get more playmakers. You know, in this draft or in next year's draft and whatever. Like, I, I just don't think the needle for the team moves that much, especially after watching a game like this with drafting a new quarterback. And I, and I think
0: that's apparent. I really do. And to that argument, you could even argue that. Marvin Harrison Jr. catches that original ball that Tyler Scott missed, which I mean, probably still puts you in the same range ish and you still have to go for the Hail Mary instead of the field goal, but it gives you one more play probably to try and get closer to field goal range instead. So could make that argument too. I, I mean, there were some mistakes that Justin Fields made yesterday, but again, you do have to factor in weather and the conditions were not great, but also, Justin Fields made some bad decisions too. Both can be true, but you're right. The play calling didn't help. They took the ball out of his hands at the end of the game, really. And I, I I could see the argument, and I've said this all this show, I could see the argument for just sticking the course, going Marvin Harrison Jr. one overall, and getting another supplemental player, whatever you end up, whether that be five, whether that be 10, whether that be 15, I don't know. Obviously, we'll have to see how the, the next few games play out. But it's... I don't know. It's just so frustrating. It's frustrating because it just feels like no matter what you do, like I'm getting to the point where I feel like no matter what the Bears do, they're just going to it's going to be the up. wrong
1: decision. Yep. Yeah. And, and and again, people talk so much, and I, I this this is just the most frustrating part of the argument. We don't have to spend a lot of time on this, but like, oh, you you can't, you can't you can't, two number one overall picks two years in a row, mm-hmm. you, you can't miss on both of them. You can't not take a quarterback in both of them because what if, you know, Caleb Williams, first of all, they wouldn't have taken C.J. Stroud last year. They would have taken Bryce Young. You know, if, if they were to take taken him, they would have taken Bryce Young. Like, let, let's, let's be honest. Most people I think had Bryce Young as the number one quarterback in the class. Sure. Probably, yeah. So that just reassures the point that even if you do take Caleb Williams, he might not be the best quarterback in the class. This happens year after year after year, right? But everyone's like, oh, what if you miss on two straight number one overall picks? Like, no team ever get to that opportunity. What if Caleb Williams becomes great? The more likely scenario is this. And we talk about this so much. The more likely scenario is next year Justin Fields is an Atlanta Falcon and they make the NFC Championship. The more likely scenario is Justin Fields becomes a Pittsburgh Steeler and they make the AFC Championship. The yep. more likely scenario is that it looks worse for you than by moving on from Justin Fields than it does by not taking the top quarterback in the draft. And sure. that it's it's it, it, it's it's almost a fact based on what we know from first round quarterbacks and how ambiguous it is and how hit or miss it is. So everyone who's talking about well you can't miss on Caleb Williams, no one talks about. The potential and how bad it could look for Ryan Poles if Justin Fields immediately goes to a better situation and thrives. It mm-hmm. looks worse for you. It looks worse for the organization, and it feels it will feel worse because you know you had a sure thing and you messed it up. And I still think the Bears do have that sure thing, and I think they do have the ability. Like people think that no matter what happens, Justin Fields can't succeed here, and it needs to end. I just I don't I can't believe that's the case. I do think if you were to bring in an Eric Biemni or a Biennium, sorry, or a Ben Johnson. Or a Jim Harbaugh, or something of that nature, that he could be the version we all expect him to be. But I just, I feel like no one talks about that aspect of the argument when you talk about Fields versus Williams and the number one overall pick. Yeah,
0: and it shows because you have fans of other teams on the internet, on Twitter mostly. You have Raiders fans, you have Falcons fans saying, "Please send us Justin Fields. Please give us this guy. Give us a chance." Because I mean, you got Falcons fans saying, drooling over the idea of Justin Fields with Drake London and Kyle Pitts and BJ, BJ, John BJ, BJ. Robinson. You have Raider fans drooling over the idea of him with Devontae Adams, like. That should tell you what you need to know, too, because football fans famously are incredibly irrational and emotional. (laughs) And even in losses, you have fans like I saw a a bunch of tweets yesterday, probably a good dozen or two dozen tweets from other fans, Falcons fans and Raiders fans, mostly saying, please trade us. Justin Fields, like please saying second round pick done third round pick done. We'll give that up for him. And I agree with you. I think if that happens, especially Atlanta, I think he'd be unbelievable there. And, but to your point, I think that Ryan Poles might be feeling the heat for his job and he might think, I can't, I can't pass this chance to reset the quarterback clock again. And you're right. I I think that probably the Bears take Bryce Young. I don't know. It's, you know, nobody can say for sure, but he might be in his head saying, We passed on CJ Stroud. I can't, I can't, I can't risk that again. And, whether that's right or wrong, it remains to be seen. I know you feel very strongly one way. I, I think it remains to be seen, but it's, that might be part of this equation too. You have to consider, you have to think like Ryan Poles can't think like Jake or Kevin Lapka have to think like Ryan Poles, who is going to start feeling the heat on his job. And especially if he fires the coach. If he fires the coach, that means he's definitely feeling the heat and he might like the idea of pairing a new quarterback with a new coach and starting from base level and saying, all right, we have the defense, need a new coach to work with this kid because then look at what just happened with the Texans. And I know C.J. Stroud didn't play this week, but the Texans might get into the playoffs. They might win their division because of C.J. Stroud. So I know usually rookie quarterbacks come with bumps and bruises and doesn't always go great in year one, but Ryan Poles might be looking at Houston and saying, Man, if I pair the right coach with one of these rookie head, with one of these rookie quarterbacks, we could be in the same position. Because remember, everybody was clowning the Texans. Everybody was saying the Texans are going to be terrible this year. They were twenty eight to one to win their division preseason. Yeah, and now they might win that division. They have a chance at it at they the do. very least. So I, Ryan Poles might be looking at that and saying that could be us next year. And that's part of the equation here. He could say that could save my job. That could buy me three, four, five more years.
1: Yeah, it's part of it. I mean, it, 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 it definitely is, but he could also look at it like, well, we know that this team that, you know, the Bears, we know that this team this year could have made the playoffs, right, with True. Justin Fields. We know that that could have been the case You as don't well. blow those three games. You're right. eight and six. Right? Like, you can look at it both ways, and you're talking about a lot of ifs and buts. Like, what's happening with C.J. Stroud this year is kind of an anomaly. He's having one of the best rookie QB seasons that's ever been had right like that is a that is a statistical fact he's having one of the best quarterback seasons by a rookie that the NFL has ever seen the odds of that actually happening next year are extremely low and again CJ Stroud was not the number 1 overall pick right and it just goes to show the guy you may be selecting number 1 overall may not be the best guy in that class he he he, he he just may not Jaden Daniels might come out to be better True. Drake May, I don't think is better, but he could. We ju- you you just don't Anti
0: Drake May, though. Yeah, you I, I am, but
1: I, I just you just don't know. True. you really just don't know. But th- and again, the C J. Stroud thing is weird too because the team is the team, the team talent isn't good, and he's making things happen well, because you I can mean, make the argument about you can make the Brock Purdy argument about like sure. we know Brock Purdy's not better than C J. Stroud or, or or but also, like, t- t- Tank Dell
0: and Nico Collins are pretty damn
1: good. Yes, yeah. oh they're great, and t- Tank Dell so unfortunate he got yeah. hurt. Um the guy the bears really want or a guy that a lot of people want the bears to draft but the argument can be made that for certain guys especially later in the draft you know you just walk into a good situation and, and again that dictates the player's career but uh real quick what Gstation7 is saying in the chat what about what other players say about Justin Fields do they say he's a bum no there's a reason Justin Fields was what was he some where was he in the top 100 uh, a poll rated by the players. He was in the NFL uh, Top 100 players last year. He was somewhere in, in it. Was he like in the 90s? He was higher than Trevor Lawrence. Yeah, I think he might have been in the 90s or the 80s. He was higher than Trevor Lawrence, mm-hmm. which means the players think Justin Fields is a better player than Trevor Lawrence. Right? And then you had DJ Moore come out last night. Mm-hmm. And sa- and immediately and the game. Immediately after the game say, I don't know how you can say he's not the quarterback of the future. You don't understand how much pressure that puts on Ryan Poles. If you ha- if you do exit interviews, didn't they do exit interviews last year? Or that might have been the Bulls. I don't know if the Bears. Uh, the Bulls I imagine did it, I they understand. do. I imagine they do. So uh, you would think a healthy organization does. You walk. In, you have each player walk in, and maybe you don't ask them this, but maybe they just say it on themselves, by themselves, and they say, "You know what, Ryan? You know what, Matt? Like tough year. I know should have been better. Justin Fields is a guy." Like, I'm going to be upset if you don't retain Justin Fields. He he works his ass for us. He fights for us. We fight for him. He's our guy, and he needs to stay. And that's the sentiment shared with almost every player in that locker room, it feels like. We, we know Jaquan Brisker has talked about it. We know DJ Moore has talked about it. We know Jalen Johnson has talked about it. All the guys that do public media interviews have talked about it yep. and said that Justin Fields is the guy. That puts so much pressure on Ryan Poles to move on because... That's what this this locker room is unified and it's not like those guys are going anywhere. Right. A lot of those guys that are talking about this are here for 3 more years. DJ Moore is under contract so for a few more years. if you fracture that and you bring in a guy that they don't want for 3 more years, you're on the you you have you're on the verge of collapse. You're, you're on the verge the next of collapse. Head coach at a disadvantage. Exactly. Exactly right, because then you you might not have players not buying in because this, is, this isn't this is what they wanted, and these guys, a lot of them, you know, y- y- you play to get paid, but I think a lot of the guys who signed with the Bears in the offseason saw the potential of the team with Justin Fields and saw and said, hey, healthy contract. Obviously, the Bears had all the cash space. We know money talks, but they saw the potential for the team to be good and enter a Super Bowl winnow in a great market in a top-two football market in the country in a couple of years and be a part of something great. I think that's why Tremaine Edmonds signed here. I think that's why uh, T.J. Edwards Edwards signed here. A guy who just came from Philly, a team that was in the Super Bowl, and might get back there again this year, right? They see something being built with the current team that's constructed, and to be them and to accept accept a rebuild and accept a retool and a restart of that I think is a very, very difficult thing for them to go forward with.
0: Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, keeping your locker room is huge. Uh, It's... Very, and that's part of what I mean. It's like very up in the air because if they're doing exit interviews, that means Matt Eberflus is probably doing those, which probably means he's staying, which is a no, issue. I don't, I, don't, I don't necessarily think that's true. Ryan if Poles do- ideally is doing them Kevin because Warren Matt Eberflus, and is Kevin there. Because Matt Eberflus has been fired, but again, it's just I don't know where. Like, let's put it this way: what? How many
1: games do you think they win the rest of the way out of the last three? I think they win two. I think they end with seven wins. I think they end seven and 10.
0: I think that's fair. Because, I think, that, I I think, mean, they, I think Atlanta, they win the next two. Atlanta's
1: just... I mean, they just lost to Carolina. Oh, my God. Yeah, and
0: in Arizona it has nothing to play for. It. They're trying to tank. It's just... It's You're in a very weird and dumb position. Uh, I mean, because you could point to the games that you could have won and could say that it was coaching or say that it was the quarter. I don't know, and it's just... Let me ask you this. Would you... What do you think... And this could be quick. But what if like JJ McCarthy or Bo Nix fall to the second round? Do you consider drafting one of those guys and give Fields one more year? And you're not using a first round pick on one of these quarterbacks. Let's say you you draft Marvin Harrison Jr. one overall and take an offensive lineman in the you know the, the early teens or whatever. let's say you have the thirteenth pick. Do you and then one of these quarterbacks falls to the second round? Do you do that or do you just say all right? Fields and we're gonna figure out if it's him. And then if it's not, then we'll try again next year. Because if it's not him, you could theorize that you're probably gonna be near the top of the draft. And then the following year if Fields isn't good.
1: Yeah. This this is this is this is what you do. I'm not as sure about the two guys that you named. Well, I was but the
0: first ones that came to mind.
1: I, I I think the strategy is this. And this and, and I'll stick to this. Obviously, I'm one to stick to a take. We've been so back and forth. I'll just lay it out. That this is what I want to happen. I'll lay it out here on December 18th, and it's kind of clear to people, but this is what I want the Bears to do this offseason. All right? Keep Justin Fields. Pick up the fifth-year option. That Start there. Fire the head coach. Fire the get rid of everybody. Stop, yeah, don't don't staff. move Eberflus to D.C. Don't, don't do any of that messy. Clean slate with the coaching staff. Bring in, bring in, Ben Johnson, that's the guy. I've been back and forth on Ben Johnson and Jim Harbaugh. Let's peg Ben Johnson. We'll bring in Ben Johnson. Let him hire his staff. Go with that, right? I just I'm not I'm not sure about Jim Harbaugh. I I, I, I don't I, think he's leaving. I, yeah, I, I think that's more. It's, it's yeah. more about that for me than it is about you know him wanting to be. Uh, yeah, I think the, Michigan's about to give him the yes. most money that anyone has ever seen in their life. Yeah, I think he's gonna stay in Michigan, and he's like you know what? Why if, if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I'm doing yeah. just fine here. They might win a national championship this year. All that, right? Um. Ben Johnson keep Ryan Poles and then in the draft trade down get a couple assets in this year's draft and in next year's draft you can get a next instead year instead of first, taking Marvin Harrison trade Jr. Trade down and still get Marvin Harrison Jr. Don't go further than 3. I think there's going to be a team that trades at the 2 and Williams and May will go 1 2 and Harrison will go 3. Okay. Trade down to 3 get Marvin Harrison Jr. You do whatever you do Joe Alt whatever it may be And then in the third or fourth round, then you draft a quarterback. You don't have to put too much capital into it. Maybe you use one of the picks that you traded down for to draft the quarterback. And then you have a little bit of insurance there with a guy and and with a roster now because we've talked about the will and the want for teams to build starting with the quarterback as the nucleus, which is obviously the more logical way to build a football team. But again, you look at some of the more talented teams in the NFL right now and the 49ers are the prime example. That is a team that built the roster first – and then figured out the quarterback. And now they're the best team in the NFL. The Eagles are a very similar way. Really talented roster, kind of plugged in Jay, uh, Jalen Hurts, one of the best teams in the NFL. You're starting to see that more and more. So then you have the luxury of building a really good team. And hey, if Justin Fields doesn't work out this year, you have this third-round guy who has a lot of potential, or you have a first-round pick the following year to plug in and be ready to win immediately with sure. a more talented roster. So it's a win-win. And I think that's what you have to do. I think the Bears have to draft a quarterback, but I don't think you have to do it in the first two rounds. I think you build up the talent, and then you have a guy where he can plug in, and maybe you get to a situation, right? Like, if if the Justin Fields experience is like really bad in 2024, mm-hmm. maybe you even bench him six games in and you bring in the third round rookie from the start and he gets a little bit of a head start. He provides a spark and then you know he becomes See the guy in 2025. Got. But yeah. you know, Dak Prescott with the Dallas Cowboys is a perfect example. The sure. team was ready to win. They brought in Dak Prescott and they and they started to win. So I, I think that is the strategy the Bears should have. And, you know, maybe it pushes Justin a little bit. You know, I, I don't know. You can start right. to play those narratives by the draft, but I'm laying it out. That's exactly what I want the Chicago Bears to do, and I think that is the best and healthiest thing for the franchise going forward that also provides you insurance if things go wrong, if the Justin Fields experiment doesn't work out. I I can't say that that's a bad situation. Like
0: I'm with you, and let's say that it ends with Chicago 1, New England 2, and Arizona 3. Or who are uh, who's currently in the third spot? I don't think it's not Arizona, is it? it But it is still Arizona. So
1: maybe Arizona. I don't know. Washington four. Who might throw out the quarterback after? So you might you might
0: want Arizona to be jumped by Washington. But regardless, yeah, I mean that's that's a good scenario. I'm not gonna lie, like that. I would sign up for that. And I think you're right. It's it gets you in a prime position to have more options for a positive outcome at least than just. Taking a quarterback or just or just sticking with fields, so I don't know. I don't think there's a right answer. Obviously, there's still three games left, and we have to figure out how the draft is going to shake out. But can't say I don't like your hypothetical. It's a it sounds good at least in theory. It's just a matter of how it shakes out. So yeah. Uh,
1: All right, quick hits from the game, and then we'll get up out of here. I mentioned that Tyreek Stevenson interception. I don't think people understand. That was crazy. That is insane. The freeze he's frame— be- He's gotten better as the has gone. on. He's gotten much better. I mean, we knew he had that athletic talent. Right. But that freeze frame of when Flacco throws the ball and where Tyreek Stevenson is, that yes. type of closing speed and that recovery speed is yep. literally something only a handful of quarterbacks in the NFL can do. It's and the athleticism, athleticism. To, cure, to, to catch the— Unbelievable. His technique will be fine. I think I think he'll work on his technique yeah. as a defender. Mark Cooper's one of the best route runners in the NFL. Uh, diced him up a couple times. Tyreek Stevenson's gonna be a freaking baller. Number two, Agreed. Jalen Johnson. Just elevating the dog status. I mean, I mean, just game after game. Did he he uh, he dropped that one? I wouldn't wouldn't say it's a drop. I went through his uh, hands. Went through his hands. It it kind of got punched. Yeah, yeah. that's not on him. But continues to be an absolute dog. Um, I will start my petition for Jalen Johnson to be an All Pro this year. Especially because PFF has him ranked number one. Like, there's smoke in the national media for him being an all pro. I think he'll be an all pro. Um, Number three, a quick hit just Roshan Johnson is clearly the best running back in the room, but the Bears need to draft a running back in the top in in one of the first four rounds next year. Like, I've been so. I would hear an argument for it. I've been so against that, right? Like, you don't need to draft a running back past round four, is what I've always said. But I kind of watched Jameer Gibbs and I'm like. Shit, we gotta yeah, need that. Look at what Chase Brown's done too. Chase Brown, oh, Chase Brown was what like a. Th- was he like a fourth rounder, fifth. I wanna say? Fifth. Yeah. So yeah, something like that. Perfect fifth. And um and, and yeah, I, I think the Bears should go with that. That's something I noticed uh from from the rushing side of the ball. I well, mean cause mostly because Khalil Herbert isn't
0: it so and Deontay Foreman isn't it. So you need to get fresh bodies in there regardless.
1: Exactly. And I and I think Roshan Johnson has a role in this team. I, I just don't think he's like your explosive back sure. that you need. But great pass blocker, great, you know, receiver at times and is gonna run through guys though. So yes, uh, Roshan Johnson, uh, a role player, but they need to draft somebody. Um uh, other things on defense uh, Jaquan Brisker also a guy who I think should be a pro bowler this year TJ Edwards worth all of the money both of them Tremaine oh, and T.J. Edwards have been more worth it yeah agree TJ Edwards was all over the place yeah lighting dudes up he caused the pick six so he just lit up uh, whatever his Cedric Tillman just incredible yeah. um uh, I think that's all I have for quick hits uh, from the game. And, and and one more thing, I feel like it'd be fun for the Bears to have like a good punt returner again. Like the Bears haven't had a good <sighs> punt returner in a while. And Trent Taylor's fine. Like he he really like he he lost the he lost two fumbles yesterday. he fumbled twice lost one yesterday. I think he's still fine. But I would like to have a guy. And This is just selfish and greedy because it's not like necessary, but it'd be fun to have a guy who can actually, you know, do something, do something, yeah, get, get, agree. get, get, get get you in good field position. I mean, look, like,
0: you've had two walk off punt returns this year the Jets in week one and the Ravens a couple weeks ago. Yeah. yeah, it's electric, it's really fun. Uh, that would be great if you could find somebody like that. I agree with that, um, too. You so, got any
1: quick hits or anything? Yeah.
0: Montez Sweat is awesome. He should be an All-Pro. Probably will be. Really? All-Pro? I mean, just look at what he's done since he got here. And he had good no He still leads the Commanders in sacks. I know. That's and insane. he now leads the Bears in sacks. I, I don't know how you argue that. How many does he have in the year? Uh, I think he, he's, if he's not at 10, he's at like 9.5 or something. He's been amazing. He might be over 10 now. But... He's been great. Um, yeah, and I mean, I, I think that the Bears uh, made the right decision letting Roquan Smith walk and paying TJ Edwards and Tremaine Evans instead. Perfect. That has clearly worked out. And I agree with what you said about Tyreek Stevenson. I think he's going to be very good. Um, the pieces are there. It's just now we wait for the draft, wait for more young talent, and see what happens. That's it. We're in purgatory again. Yippee. 12, 12 and a half sacks. Fun. He's really good. That's what I'm saying. 12 and a half. He's uh, really, really
1: good. We're not in purgatory. Yeah, you are. We're okay.
0: You're, you're we're, for the rest of
1: the year at least. We're going to be well. Yeah, for the rest of the not, year. Not excited about these games. Don't care. Do you know? Do you, do you know what we'd be doing right now if the Bears won? Yeah. Uh, Playoff. I mean, yeah. everything that needed to happen yesterday happened. Yeah. And they blew it. They blew it. And they blew it. You should be eight and six. You sh- you, yeah, but you should be at the very least 6 and 8 the packers lose the yeah. the falcons lose you're one game out of the yoffs the half game out of the Yoffs. i just it's <clears clears throat> not good
0: throat> <clears> throat> all right well all right <laughs> I, you know what I hope that we were able to get some emotions out for some people and give people a, a a venting session of their own. Uh, We will be back regardless, even though these games have no juice anymore. We'll still be here on Wednesday. We'll break it down. We'll do our previews. We will still show up for you, the people because we care about you and uh, we hate ourselves. So on Wednesday, come back. We'll preview the game against the terrible Falcons. They're so bad. Arthur Smith is a clown. Um, But that's not here nor there, and we'll talk about it on Wednesday. So for myself, for Kevin, this has been Bears Nation Podcast. As always, bear down.